Well, good morning. I'm so glad you joined us here online. Uh, you could be worshiping with a lot of different churches right now, and, and we are honored that you chose to be with us. So, so welcome to our little neck of the woods here. Uh, we'll be continuing to do our online service in, in coming weeks, but beginning next Sunday, unless something changes, we are excited that we will be gathering in our church building. We'll have two services instead of one. They'll be at 9 and, and 1030. And we'll be posting about what it's going to look like this week and, and what we're going to do to, to make it a safe experience for everyone. But, and so get ready for that. Uh, look for that this week. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, and, and it marks the unofficial start of sun, summer. But 
more importantly, it's a, a day to remember those who have given their lives for our country and so many men and women who have made the ultimate sacrifice and, and uh, that is something that we should never take for granted. And so let's pray as we begin this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for who you are. Uh, today we want to thank you for, for those who have given their lives for our country. We thank you for the freedoms that we have Thank you that we're able to, to worship uh, online like this or together when we're able to do that. But we just thank you for um, what we have in this country and for those who made it happen. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, today we're talking about everyone's favorite topic, money. Okay, this is week number 22 of Core 52. Uh, our current series is called You Can Do It. And the message this week is, is called be generous. And so uh, let me just say this to start. God has blessed every one of us in so many ways. And we could take all morning to list off the ways that, that God has blessed us. And one of the ways that we can show appreciation to God for the ways he has blessed us is to try to be a blessing to others. And, and there are a lot of ways to do that. But it's all about being generous, and, and it feels good to be generous. And, and so money is a, a great tool to use for generosity, and, and that's where the title of this message comes from. So today is kind of a money overview. We don't have time to get into deep details, but, but I want to touch on several things here this morning. And the first main point is this. Our intelligent designer created us for giving, not getting. Okay, this is really important to understand. It, it, it is fun to receive gifts. Um, there's no, no doubt about that. And, and you can think about some of your favorite gifts that you've received over the years. But when you really start looking back at the gifts you received, if you're like me, you can't remember that many specific gifts. Okay, generally those, those, those good feelings that you get when you receive gifts, they, they don't last that long. But here's the thing. I think there's a much deeper satisfaction that comes from giving, okay, from being generous to others. And so why is that? Well, I think it's because God designed us that way. God is a giver, and he designed us to be givers as well. Paul summarized the words of Jesus in Acts 20, 35, and he said, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said is more blessed to give than to receive. Okay, God created us to give. And deep down, God made us with a, a yearning and satisfaction to give and, and to help other people. And if we aren't doing that, we are missing out on blessings that, that God designed us to have. We've all seen kids when they, they make something to, to give their parents or maybe they saved up their pennies and their dollars to buy them something at the store and, and they're just so excited to give that present. And, and it may not seem like much or look like much, but they're, they're so proud of being able to give something away. It, it's just fun to watch them to do what God designed them to do. Did you realize that science actually backs this concept up? I think it's really cool when science backs up what the Bible teaches. But listen to what it says in a journal called Psychological Science. It says that the joy of giving lasts longer than the joy of getting. 
The happiness we feel after a particular event or activity diminishes each time we experience that event, a phenomenon known as hedonic adaptation. But giving to others may be the exception to the rule. So, I mean, that's why drug users need to keep using more and more drugs to get, you know, that same kind of high. Or, or thrill seekers need to keep upping the danger uh, in their thrills. But, but giving seems to give satisfaction every time we do it. Isn't that cool? And, and money is often the tool that helps us to be generous. And when we look at God's word, we see that Jesus spoke on money more than any topic other than the kingdom of God. Jesus knew that money would be a huge part of our lives. Randy Alcorn in his book, The Treasure Principle, says that 15% of everything Christ said relates to the topic of money. You see, Jesus knew that the topic of money was going to be an area that he needed to speak a lot about because there is so much potential to handle money well and so much potential to handle it poorly. Howard Dayton said this. Think about it this way. There are 500 Bible verses pertaining to the topics of faith and prayer and yet 2,300 Bible verses on money. Why is that? Because God knows that our attitude toward money is an indication of where our heart is with God. We all either follow after gold or God, and we cannot serve two masters. We will either turn to our wallet or our worship when we look to the source of our security. But we have to remember money is to be a resource, but it is not to be my source. Good thoughts, I think. So here we go again. Here's the heart thing again. It seems to come up every week in this series. Jesus is most concerned about our hearts. And I'm going to talk more about that in a minute. But here's the fact of the matter. Money can be dangerous. And that holds true whether you have a lot of money or you don't have very much money. Okay, if you have too much of it, you might depend on it more than you depend on God. And if you don't have enough of it, you may crave it or, or lust after it. Either perspective is dangerous. In Ecclesiastes 5.10 in the Old Testament, Solomon says, Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. See, money itself, it, it's just a means to an end. Uh, we can use it wisely or we can use it unwisely. The money itself doesn't change. And as I was thinking about the kind of the basic nuts and bolts of money this week, I, I think they're kind of two basic good purposes of money you need money to live and you need money to give okay you need money for your, your daily existence to to meet your basic needs and then beyond that you're able to use money to give to give back to god through through the church or other ministries and, and to give to others to help others but god certainly didn't design us to depend on money he designed us to depend on him and it's easy for that to kind of get out of whack. So God created us for dependency on him, not on our own resources. Hebrews 11, 5 and 6 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say that with confidence. The Lord is my helper, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Be content with what you have. That, that is so much easier said than done, isn't it? 
It is so hard to be content. But God has said, you know, you know what? Never will I leave you. I'm going to be with you. Never will I forsake you. God is with us no matter how much money we have. Okay, the next big area I want to touch on today is this. God wants our hearts, not our money. Okay, and, and I'm sorry if this sounds like a broken record from the last few weeks, but it is just so true. And, and this is where our core verses come in for the week. We're still in the Sermon on the Mount. And it's such an incredible series of teachings by Jesus. And, and it doesn't surprise me that, at all that Jesus included some teaching on money in this sermon. But Matthew 6, 19-21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where th thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So verse 21 basically says, follow the money and you'll find the heart. And we need to ask ourselves, what are we investing in? Where is my heart? You know, they used to say, look at your checkbook and see where most of your money goes and you, you'll see where your heart is. Now most, most of us don't use checks very often. Uh, some of you still do, and that's great. Uh, I probably average writing about one check a month these days. Uh, so for a lot of us now, it, it's more like look at your online bank statement and see where your money is going, and it'll show where your heart is. Um, but it says, store your treasures in heaven rather than on earth. Okay, if you've ever owned a new car and then, you know, you've owned it for a long time, uh, you gradually see it kind of go downhill, get beat up. You, you get a few door dings in it, a, a few little scratches, and, and, and it's so hard, isn't it, that first scratch in your new car? Um, we recently had a hailstorm. Some of you had hail damage in your car. And, and then eventually, as the car gets older, it has some engine issues and, and different problems under the hood. And, and uh, at some point, if you keep it long enough, that car is going to die. Everything in this world is in the process of deteriorating. Some, some things last longer than others, but nothing here in this world will last forever. But heaven lasts forever. And, and that's what we're ultimately aiming for. So heaven should be our focus, not the temporary things of this world. Now, as we think about money, we need to remember God doesn't need our money. Okay, he's, he's fine without your money, but we do need him. And the Bible makes it clear that you can't serve both God and, and money. So if money is number one in your life, then God can't be number one. Okay, there can only be one number one. And it's not like most of our kids' sports anymore where everyone wins. Okay, and, and uh, I know it's probably my competitive side coming out, but a couple years ago I saw my, my little nephew play baseball, and, and uh, they, they were pretty young, maybe, I don't know, five or six years old. But nobody actually could get out, okay? If somebody catches the ball in the air, you still go to first. If they, the, the ball beats you to the base, you're still safe. Everybody's safe. And, and I'm just thinking, come on, people, really? Is that really teaching them baseball and, and life? So, okay, I'll get off my soapbox. My point is that there is only room for one number one in your life. It, it, it can't be God and money. They, they both can't win. And so we see that as we move down a, a couple verses in, in Matthew 6, uh, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for either he will 
hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And and really, this is more a statement of fact than anything. Jesus is just speaking the truth. You can't give your heart to two different things. It's just not possible. It's like a guy having two girlfriends at once or a girl having two boyfriends at once. It, It just doesn't work. It's just not a good idea. But, but God doesn't want to share your heart with your money. Have you ever thought about this? The, the way we manage our money reveals our trust of God. Listen to 1 Timothy 6.17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our, enjo- our enjoyment. Okay, if you're, if you're putting your trust in money, you're actually saying, you know what, I, I don't really trust you, God, that much. I, I, think, I think you might need some help. All I have to do is watch the, the stark stock market in the last couple months to see how unreliable money can be. It's been a roller coaster, up and down, but probably more down than up. And it's caused a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. But that's what Paul was telling us here in 1 Timothy. Don't trust in your money. It's unstable, but God is stable. And God gives us what, what we need to enjoy life. Okay, I remember one time when I took a group to Mexico to, to build a house for a family. And, and it was a very modest house, but it was a mansion compared to the shack they were living in. But really, what really struck me was when we went to a church service, and everyone in the church was was poor by our standards. They had very little, but... But they just praised God in that service with all their hearts. They were just worshiping Him and so thankful for God. And, and, and I, I just realized, boy, they understood way better than I do that God has given us everything we need. And actually, as we look at this, being a good manager of God's resources can be a great adventure. Here's the thing. that The Bible isn't telling us that we all need to be poor. Okay, there's the story of the rich young ruler who Jesus tells to sell everything and, and give it to the poor. But I don't think it, that was a mandate for all people. I think Jesus knew that this, this man's trust, his heart, was in his wealth. And we almost look at, at that story with, with pity for this guy. But I believe that the rich young ruler would have been blessed in so many ways if he had done what Jesus said. God has a way of blessing our socks off when we're generous. In Luke 6.38, Jesus says, Give, and it will be taken to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It's like God is saying, I'm going to take your gift. I'm going to kind of stir it around. I'm going to shake it up and, and, and just give those blessings right back to you. It's like opening a can of pop after you've been shaking it, which I thought about doing right now, but I've matured, so I'm not going to do it. But if I did do it, I would open this can up, and and it would spray everywhere. But I'm not. So there, I'm just going to set it back down, my nice, lovely Coke Zero, which hopefully it'll calm down and I can drink it later. But that's kind of what God is waiting to do to bless us with you know we give to him and he wants to give so much back and it's not like he's saying okay i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna just give you money back 
okay, you put in this much and I'll give you this much back. But God has a way of just blessing us in so many ways. Um, okay. So let's say you're ready to start trying to, to do the right thing with your money. You, you want to be able to give more back to God. You want to be able to give more to the church. You, you want to be more generous with others. Maybe you're tired of being in, in bondage to money. What do you do? Where, where do you start? Well, here's the cool thing. God gives us a clear path to freedom. And I just want to give you a, a few quick, basic first steps as we consider this. So first of all, give God your first fruits, not your leftovers. Our human tendency is to take kind of care of ourselves first. You know, we want to pay all our bills first, get all of our expenses out of the way, uh, do the things that we want to do. And then uh, if there's a little bit of money left, we'll give some of that back to God. And, and I will just say that if that's always our attitude, I can pretty much guarantee there will never be much left. And the Bible teaches that's kind of the wrong order for things. And I want to read a verse, and this is Old Testament, but the, the principle doesn't change here. It's Malachi 3.10. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be, not be room enough to store it. God says, see what happens when you give. See if you miss it. Test me in this. It's like God was daring his people to see how much they would be blessed if they gave generously. Denise Coots is a single mom from our church who works at a local restaurant. And to be honest, money is usually pretty tight. And she has struggled with this idea of giving her first fruits to God over the years and what that looks like for her. But she recently shared a testimony with me about what has happened when she has applied this principle to her life. And, and I'd like to share that with you right now. Okay, hi guys, my name's Denise. I know that uh, most of you probably know me around here at Fur Road. Um, maybe some of you don't. Most of you definitely know my daughter Monroe, but uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that has happened with me this year and how blessed I have felt through all of it. Um, my dad passed away January 1st. It was a little difficult for me to deal with. Um, on February 14th, I got the luxury of having an emergency medical procedure that uh, left me unable to work for six weeks. And when I left the hospital, I knew that there was nothing else I could do for myself as far as financially speaking, except for just not worry and let God have it so that's pretty much what I did and I cannot even begin to tell you how how I've been blessed because of that um, small things to big things I had people reach out to me and um, offer me a financial gift which was great um, I decided at that point it was time for me to um, tithe off of that money because I wanted to be giving back and allowing other people to be blessed too. Um, I knew people would think I was silly or maybe even stupid for doing that, but 
I went and I put my money in the offering plate and probably within 10 minutes, somebody turned around and blessed me again. Three times as much money as I had offered. Um, it's just been really amazing. I've had small things like my car insurance went down by $20 a month and even bigger things like my electric bill, they reassessed it and I had $100 a month come off of it. I finally was able to go back to work and most of you who know me know that I work in the food service industry so I didn't really have anything to go back to but I'm still being blessed. I'm still able to pay my bills probably better than I ever have been able to do it so far. I've just been blessed by people in my life being encouraging and and compassionate and I think the thing that has really blessed me the most and the thing that I am most excited about is the fact that I have really been able to trust God and to really for the first time in my life know what that means to know how that feels and to understand how much he loves me and it's just been you know I could set and worry you know my dad died I've, I was sick I've you know we're going through all this social isolation but instead it's just been such a joy such a blessing and I've just been so energized by it and I just wanted to share that with you and if you guys are struggling in anything right now just try to encourage you to really let God have it just really push it onto him so anyways I hope you guys have a great week enjoy the rest of your time with your family if they're not driving you crazy yet bye bye So I would challenge you to start giving your first fruits to God. I'm not saying don't pay your electric bills or water bills or, or mortgage payments. And, and, and so you may have to work towards this principle. But see how God takes care of you when you give him your best, your first fruits, instead of always giving him your leftovers. Secondly, it, it takes discipline. I'm not saying this is an easy thing at all. So you know, don't get me wrong on that. It takes a ton of discipline to be a good steward of the money God has given you. It often means delayed gratification. It might mean saying no to things like eating out or, or going on vacation for a while. But just as it takes extreme discipline to be a top athlete or a musician or really most things in life, it, it takes discipline. And, and it's the, the same way uh, with your money. Okay, Proverbs 21.20 says, a, a wise man saves for the future, but a foolish man spends whatever he gets. Okay, it's just a, a lack of discipline for so many. And, and there are a lot of programs that can help you to be disciplined with your money. You know, we've offered Dave Ramsey's class, Financial Peace University, a couple times in the past, and, and you can actually take that online now. Um, and there are other good programs too, but they all kind of help teach you discipline with your money. Proverbs 21.5 says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to pro poverty. 
Okay, that they aren't get rich quick type things. Okay, it's, it, it, they aren't easy fix overnight. These are slow and steady wins the race type things. And so then related to the discipline is to be patient. Okay, if you have financial issues right now, it, it took you a while to get to that place. And, and it will take you a while to get out. But you can do it with patience. There are a ton of good principles in Proverbs. I've read several verses already, but another one is Proverbs 13, 11. Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Little by little over time. And it is so important to keep in mind that the goal is not to gather money so you can have a lot of money. Okay, that's not why you're doing this. What's the point of that? The point is that when, when we are wise with our money, uh, we can begin to bless others to be generous to others we can give to the church like we want to give we can help others like we want to help but through it all we need to trust god we need to trust that god knows what he's doing we need to trust that he knows what is best for us one of my favorite all-time passages of scripture and it's not necessarily a money passage but it applies to money is proverbs 3 5 and 6 and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways to acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And that is so true. So often I think I know the best way. Dan knows the West Bay and, and so often I'm wrong. But when I trust God to show me the, the way, the right way, he's never wrong. He, he's going to direct us down the right path every single time. And, and all we need to do, it says, is acknowledge to God that, you know, that we can't do it on our own. And, and we need him to direct us in, in all our areas of our lives, including with our money. We need to trust him. So the, the title of today's message was, was Be Generous, like I said. And, and I want to share one more verse with you from Proverbs. It's Proverbs 22, 9. And it says, the generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. And I said at the beginning that we were, were made to be generous. God made us that way. And, and like I said, I believe that God is, is waiting to bless the socks off of those who are generous. I think he's like a proud parent when, we, when he sees us being generous. And, and his blessings are a way of saying, you know, good job. Well done. I'm proud of you. Keep up the good work. I love you. Let's be a generous people. Pray with me. Lord, we, we understand and know that you have blessed us in so many ways. And we could just go on and on with the ways you've blessed us. I, I pray that all of us will, will have that desire to be a blessing to others. And we need you on this journey, Lord. And so whatever stage we're at in that journey, I pray that we will just give that over to you and that you'll help us. Help us to be patient. Help us to be disciplined. Help us to trust you, Lord. We thank you so much for being patient with us and thank you for your love for us. In your name we pray. Amen. With our lesson uh, today on being generous, generous giver. I thought about generosity and generous people and, and I did some research about 
generous people and, and their characteristics. And I found some things, seven things that talked about generous people and what makes a difference with them. Number one, generous people are happy people. You'll be hard-pressed to find a generous person who is grumpy and unhappy. People who are willing to share of their time, possessions, and talents are often some of the happiest people there are. They have a great sense of contributing to the world they live in. All of us seek to have meaning in life and to feel what we, that we matter to the world. For generous people, happiness comes from giving more than from taking. A second thing is generous people are more relaxed. There is no greater stress than feeling that you're in need or that you have to get more in life. Greed as well as a sense of poverty drive people to constantly worry about what they do not have and at times will cause them to make bad choices to try and remedy the problem. Generosity is a state of mind. It is not based on how much money or possessions you have. Generous people can, in fact, have very little. However, what they do have, they're willing to share and are not in bondage to their possessions. There's a great calm and peace that comes when we always sense that we can give of whatever we have. Another thing, generous people are willing to work hard. A common trait of generous people is that they're willing and happy to work hard for what they have. Success comes through hard work. There is not shortcuts or easy paths to take. Generous people realize this and will do what it takes to achieve their goals and dreams in life. Since they tend to be others-focused rather than self-focused, they see their own success as a benefit for all not just for them. Generous people are kind people. Just as you will not find a generous person who is unhappy, you will not find one who is not kind. Generosity is all about kindness. It is giving of yourself to others to help them in a time of need or to advance them on their journey to success. When you are kind to others, you will find that others will be kind to you. A key to achieving success is knowing that what you give, you will receive back. Zig Ziglar had it right when he said, you, can't, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. Generous people are free people. The strongest prisons in the universe are those built on greed, want, and selfishness. They are chains that hold you down from achieving real success in life and limit all you hope to do. The only thing that breaks these chains is generosity. Generous people are free to do what they wish. They have what they want because their happiness and success is not dependent on what they keep, but more on what they give away. Have you ever noticed that generous people seem to have more than they need of all of life's treasures? That is because they will always receive in the same portion to what you, what you give. Generous people have better relationships. It is just a fact. Happy, kind, and generous people have more friends, better friends, and stronger personal relationships. It is not because others know they can get something from these people. In fact, what they have or do not have has nothing to do with it. Generous people are faithful and loyal, and these qualities strengthen all relationships they have. And generous people are confident people. When you're not the center of your universe, 
you will find that you not only feel better about others, you feel better about yourself. Generous people do not get their self-worth from what they give, but by their freedom to give it. The insecurity that comes with greed, want, and selfishness is not there to hinder them. They know they can be and do whatever their heart desires. And that takes us to Jesus. He could do whatever he wanted. He could have whatever he wanted. But he, just, he chose to be generous with his life, to give his life for us, to do more than what would be expected of any man. He gave of his life for us. And that's what we remember now at this time. And I hope you will remember that as you take the bread to remember his body that was broken for you. And as you drink of the cup and remember that his blood was shed for you. If that's not generosity, I don't know what is. Lord, I thank you so much for the generous gift of life, the gift of hope that we have so that we can live with you someday. And I pray that we will be aware of that at all times and will in turn share with others, share with them the hope that we have and share with them whatever we have that they need so that we can enjoy being generous and enjoy a life with you someday. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. As I talked about generous people, and I think about generous people, I know a lot of people that come to mind in my head when I think of generous people. And it's not people who have a lot of money and give a lot of gift. I'm sure there's, there's a lot of people who give great big donations a lot of them are the people that name foundations after themselves so they'll be recognized for their generosity. Now the people that I'm thinking of are the ones that have very little, but they share what they have. One of them that does come to mind are Bob and Donna Miller, who were preachers at Smithfield many years ago. When we were in college, many of us would go with uh, the Miller kids over to their house after church on Sunday nights or even Sunday afternoons. And even though they didn't have much, they always wanted us to stay and eat and they would share and divide up everything they had so that we could all have some. That was generosity that was based on wanting to give, not because they had a lot. A lot of people think of generosity, they think of if I only had a million dollars, if I win the lottery, if I do this, then I will and you name it. They've got all kinds of things they're gonna do, but they always name something they're gonna to do to be generous. If those people are not being generous to the little they have now, they won't be generous with the lottery. They may give bigger amounts, but it won't be the generosity from their heart that they could have now with what little they have. And I think that applies to all of us. Are you being generous with what you have? Are you sharing so that you can help others? We hope you do. Thank you. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. 
in desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night and through the darkness your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul the work is finished the end is written Jesus Christ my living hope but imagine so great a mercy what heart could fathom such boundless grace the God of ages stepped down from glory where my sin
heart is breaking when your strength is almost gone sing out your song and praise you in the fire and fury in the dark night of your will heal and you will dance again your tears will dry your heart will mend your scars will heal and you will dance again